Everybody and welcome to episode 205 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, once again joined this week by my uh, insatiable co-hosts, Peter and Jake. <laughs> Ravenous, unstoppable, and we're joining you. How could we not make this the cruiserweight edition of the cast? It, it's just uh, impossible. We made weight. We did make it. took a lot of... <laughs> It took a lot of bulking in my case and cutting in Jake and Peter's case, but we got there. I wore I wore sweatpants and garbage bags, and I just hung out in a pool area. <laughs> and I just jog. I did steps. That's what that's what kids in my school used to do. They used to just go into the uh, the pool area and then go just jog up and down the steps because it was so dang humid up there. <laughs> and, they just, and I and they just. Sweat it all out. We, I got an uncredited physician to open a porthole on my love handles. I stepped on that one ride on the fucking playground where they spin you around really fast. And I just, yeah, and I just scrambled that shit out. Oh, on the playground. Oh, I was thinking theme park for some reason. But that too. That's industrial. That too. That's, that's the industrial <laughs> strength version. That's the, when you really got when you gotta go from like three oh five to two oh five and you got a week. <laughs> That's what you do. And of course, as always, we're coming at you live from the GW Zoo down in Great Winham County, Oklahoma. Winnowood. Winnowood. Winnowood, Oklahoma. Great Winnowood, Oklahoma. The meth capital of the world, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Main exports are teeth. Um, so we uh we watched, we did. We watched, we went through and watched the whole Tiger King Netflix series that I'm sure you've heard nothing about and in no way has taken the internet it's by storm. Very obscure. Nobody really knows a whole lot about it. Uh, Netflix is not yeah. promoting it at all. Uh, no. We really had to do some digging to find it. <laughs> yeah, this shit has been everywhere. TikTok loves it. Oh my God. Well, what are they doing? Like you shared it on Facebook, it's basically white trash Game of Thrones. It is, yeah. It really is. I hate to say it. There are so many dumb parallels to it. There's like the like the 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 bad character that you like you you follow. There's the the bitch down in Florida that you all hate. You all want to see go down, but she never does. Um, then you have like the love interest. You have the the drama love interest. <laughs> Of the person who like double crosses everybody, advisors, it's nuts, dude. There's so many hierarchies I would never have thought of in in trash and <laughs> the fucking uh, big cat trading sphere. You've got, dude. I don't. This is crazy. Is it something with the like the urine of a cat that makes toxoplasmosis. <laughs> I feel like it's just. Something's not right with people. I mean, like, swear to God, like, fucking in this show, and we'll talk more about it at the appropriate time, but I just want to hit some bullet points for you. In this show, there is a dude running a fucking freaky sex cult, a yeah. ex-drug kingpin who honestly comes across as the most decent human being in the whole fucking series. He's the most sane, <laughs> and he's what Scarface was based off of. <laughs> and fucking... A girl who probably murdered her husband and may or may not have fed her him to tigers to get rid of the body. 
Uh, and somehow gets free labor too. Oh my god! <laughs> With her fucking indoctrinate that jeez uh, there's a lot to, to unpack with this and, and we the will. main care and the, the main focus is Joe <laughs> the main Zonic character is the main character the protagonist he is basically he is a character the protagonist is uh joe exotic who's a a polyamorous gay man who was assume. in a relationship with married to two straight men <laughs> yeah the the most the, the funniest thing i've ever seen was um Somebody compared him to James Charles and uh, um, what's his face? Uh, oh shit, Jeffrey Star, because they always say like they're they're attracted to straight guys, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I was dating one for five years. I'm really attracted to him, and then here's Joe Exotic coming in. I've I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> I married two at the no. same time. Straight guys at the same time for thirteen years, something like that. Yeah. So um. Yeah. It was a lot. A lot to get into with that. Uh. But first, we have our regular departments, and I'd like to talk to you all about a brand new podcast that has just started. They just put up their first episode, and uh, the people running it are really good people. Um, Joshua of this podcast reached out to us asking us if we could promote a show on our show. And I said, yeah, I'm all about helping the little guy grow. So please check out Central Florida Film Review. It's a podcast that uses the power of trailers, audio, and voiceover to help change the way you look at movies. They produce new episodes each week and review both upcoming movies and older iconic films. Uh, Central Florida Film Review is hosted by Josh Harover, sorry if I mispronounce your name, a communications student at the University of West Florida who is trying to develop a career in voiceover and radio broadcasting. Anyone who listens to the show and anyone who can support the podcast would be greatly appreciated. I did take a listen to their first episode. They uh, He discusses A Few Good Men, and uh, it's a very easy-to-digest show, uh, right now at least. Their first episode runs a total of 12 minutes. So good shit. Uh, really nice, bite sized. I like the concise podcast. Yeah, it's good. It's I nice listen to I listen to a short one as well, and and like they're they're nice to just throw on on your like car ride to wherever, and you actually finish it the entire thing by the time you get to where you're going. And you retain all that information. Yeah. So yeah. check out Central Florida Film Review. Um, and uh, listen for the uh, Saturn Studs plug that will be on that show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, film review, may you pass us in our entirety. Yes, you will. That's my, you that's will, my blessing unto you. You will clearly become the much bigger show in a matter of weeks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be asking you and for And you faves. can sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, I'm once again asking for your <laughs> cross promotion. I am once again asking for your cross promotions. <laughs> Coronavirus has wreaked havoc on my stock portfolio. I'm relying again on you for donations so I can maintain my summer home. <laughs> Casters can have a little audience promotion as a treat. Um, oh. Jesus. All right, Trey Watch. Uh, we've got one, and like weirdly, oh. I've got one rather, I should say. And weirdly, okay. this is like. Like, this is a very obscure film, and it's a sequel to uh, another film that, like, not a lot of people would have heard about. But, like, shockingly, 
I'm almost 100%. If I remember correctly, Jake, of all people, did bring up this fucking movie. <laughs> this is the, oh, yes, the trailer I, for Peninsula. The audience at home can't see me, but I'm nodding my head. I'm, Smugly. Yes, I, know, I know exactly. Hmm. Hey, you were a connoisseur of South Korean films myself. <laughs> yeah, like fucking, I was like, wait a minute. Train to Busan. Didn't Jake talk about this? And yes, Jake brought up the prequel to Peninsula, a South Korean zombie movie. Uh, train to, what was it? Busan? It's a train to Busan. Yeah, yeah. was the original film. And, and Jake just randomly was, was talking about this when we were talking about Parasite. <laughs> brought this up. Yeah, like, um, I I mean, I heard of Train, train, train to Busan. Um, that's probably a couple years ago, maybe three or four years ago. And this, you know, Philip DeFranco is a YouTuber, uh, just like could not stop raving about it. And he brought it up multiple times. So I'm like, you know, heck, screw it. I'll, I'll give it a watch. I like zombie movies, even if it's bad, whatever. It was actually really good. Um, the, uh, the premise was you, somebody got on a train and the zombie apocalypse started as he got on the train, <laughs> and uh, uh, he would the different stops. He would see different things. Like there was one stop that was completely deserted, and there was just like fucking a wall of zombies <laughs> that just like came out of nowhere. And then the outbreak happens on the train um, as well. So it, it it was a pretty good story, and it ended with a, a decent sized cliffhanger of him like getting to safety. And uh peninsula uh seems like it takes place uh after the like outbreak it seems like it's like four years after the outbreak started and everything shut down government shut down and like you kind of get into like a little bit of a mad max we're comparing the fucking uh zombie apocalypse the coronavirus right now i know i'm trying (laughs) everything's fucking outbreak i mean everything's dead like shut down like coronavirus shuts things down (laughs) zombie apocalypse kills but i still have to go into work so do i (laughs) i also have to go into work every day at 5 a.m not 5 a.m jake did you are you like out are you like did they did they put you home and said don't work on any shit well, they, I'm working on stuff, but I'm just working at home. So I, gotcha. I don't have to go into Must any be nice. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's actually not so bad because there's no traffic. And hey, if I weren't coming into work, I wouldn't hey, be able to take things from work. That's some fucking unicorn time right there. No traffic in New Jersey. I know. Yeah, it's right? crazy. I Around here, too. Every time I, I'm like, I'll call my girlfriend on my way home. And like every time I'm like, I'm actually kind of going to miss this when everything, you know, ramps back up because I really enjoyed (laughs) being able to get a little extra sleep and not having to sit in traffic for almost an hour every morning. Joke's on you. This is just going to combo into a fucking recession. So everyone will just stay jobless. What do you mean combo? We're already in a recession. (laughs) (laughs) They're really trying not to, like, call it that. Like, no, don't say the R word. Well, this is interesting, though. I, I know this is not an economics podcast, but it's kind of interesting. Where This is going to be, like, our first point of historical data. Because typically, mm-hmm. the longer it takes you to enter a bear market, the longer it takes to get out of it, which makes sense. Because if, it, like, the economy is just naturally slowing down, there's not, like, a quick fix to that. Uh, but this, we went from bull to bear like that. We just got Thanos snapped right into a bear market. 
I mean, that's why, yeah, that's why you saw like historical records for the Dow dropping like 2,000 points since 1973. And, or, uh, and yeah, and then, and then to pull like, the brakes on it multiple times. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was it was amazing just to see those uh, circuit breakers trigger on the on the stock market. Like it was, it sucked. Don't get me wrong, but it's fascinating to see our system uh, work. And uh, so, if you have some extra money kicking around, uh, now's a good yeah. time to invest. <laughs> Here at Stock Studs. Um, <laughs> I, I recommend Boeing, if, if anything, uh, really. Boeing just dropped a little bit. Well, you got to make sure, you have to and be careful with Boeing because they were in pretty rough shape. Like, their stock was kind of heavily papered before all this happened. And, like, yeah. if hotel industries, I think, too. I, I've just been doing SPY, anything SP 500. Seems like it's a really safe bet. Yeah, I have it to. bounces back. Do some more research into some of the companies that are low right now to see what I want to buy into. Yeah, and S and P five hundred. If anybody's curious, it's a the that's the index fund where it just it's an index fund that covers all uh, five hundred of the most uh, popular or biggest uh, companies: Facts. Apple, yeah. Tesla, mm-hmm. all this stuff. So it kind of hits on everything yes and right now everything is down so also if you were in peninsula that would be a good time to invest assuming the economy ever recovered <laughs> you brought yeah. it back i was in i the- was waiting to just come and be like peninsula guys <laughs> i saw you get antsy uh, <laughs> of all the uh, of all the tangents on this show i think this is currently the most informative uh- there is educational value to this program. It's not just three assholes coming on, dicking around for two hours. There is, there are nuggets of information buried in here. Are they brown nuggets? No, they're green. <laughs> oh no! That, Which can either be back. like you, you've got the green apple splatter going, or <laughs> you're smoking some good reefer. Either way, it's an option select. <laughs> Oh yeah, so, so the uh, <laughs> split pea soup. To go back onto Peninsula. <laughs> they don't have um, any options selects in Peninsula. It's, like, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little like uh, Mad Max, where there's kind of like this, I guess, survival group that's still around in places, and they're, I don't know. It seems like they made like a community uh, just to survive this time and like there was there was a point where they put these people in like a fight ring and they had a fight against this like this mess of zombie thing and it, it, it's gonna be bizarre i think but it's gonna be good it's it's really effects look great. convenient that they uh still have gas <laughs> to put in the cars <laughs> yeah yeah four years after these things some things would be expired or run out but who knows yeah, so that Train to Busan. Peninsula. Fast and the Furious presents Train to Busan presents the fate of the peninsula. <laughs> it's about it's about zombies coming. It's about z- zombie family. Um, zombie family. Yeah, coming soon. I don't coming twenty twenty. They understandably have not put a release date on it because no one knows when theaters will open again. They will open again. I want to reiterate that, like, this will eventually pass. We will gain a degree of normalcy, but Mm -hmm. no one knows quite when. Yeah. So for now, we're just sitting tight and looking at 
the new number one movie in America, which is not a new movie at all. (laughs) (laughs) Movie is called Strike. It was released in 2019. It is a animated film about a... I will read to you the description. A young mole must try to achieve his impossible dream of becoming a footballer in order to save his hometown gold mine from a greedy supervillain known only as the boss. Uh, this is a real this movie. This is the Mad Libs of an- children's animated movie. <laughs> it, uh, like, a young mole <laughs> must try to achieve an impossible dream of becoming a footballer <laughs> in order to save his hometown gold mine from a greedy supervillain known only as the boss. I mean, I'm surprised that they got the rights to use the boss from Metal, Metal Gear in their fucking uh, low budget independent animated movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mole Eater. <laughs> they were in two theaters. Yes. And it's made a whole fucking $11,000. <laughs> yeah, worldwide $11,000. It made. What the fuck? It made uh, $1,900. This go around, but I have to. I think I I have to point out like that eleven thousand worldwide. I'm pretty sure that like dates back <laughs> to its original run. Oh, I'm sure. I do. We want to do. We want to follow up on this. Well, yes, because I already have the IMDb open. So, Strike 2019. From 2018? <laughs> Question mark. IMDb has no idea when this movie came out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we got six user reviews. I think we can just hit them yeah. all. Yeah. We'll just. Well, yeah. We'll just read them all because we only had one fucking trailer. All right. So we'll. Uh, I'll. S- <laughs> we'll leave Jake the one star review because there is one of them. Okay. <laughs> um, Hold on. I need to find this thing. <laughs> I'll link you. There's so many different strikes. I got you, fam. All right. And then I got to find, I actually, let's, let's, before we do this, let's find at least some footage of this movie. Um, okay. I've got you on that too. Cause I, I wanted to see how terrible the animation was. Yeah. Cause it's, somebody was saying. It's not like food fight bad, but it's, uh, it's not great. It's down there. <sighs> Oh, good giggle fish. Well, it's not like, uh, it's not CGI. It's, uh, yeah. or at least it's a pretty convincing stop motion. stop motion reenactment if it is CGI. It looks like, uh, like one of those, like alternate art, uh, Pokemon cards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's incredibly true. Those were so weird. Yeah. I hated like, those. Like, where they're just like, here, we'll make a corsola out of fucking, we'll make a stuffed animal corsola and put it on a set, take oh. a picture, Pokemon fucking, art. <laughs> fucking pocket lint. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can definitely tell that everything in this movie, uh, was handmade, for better or worse. <laughs> yeah. Um... I notice how on all the the soccer scenes or the football scenes, as it were, they just animate the one guy because they could not animate an entire football field of of guys, plus the entire pitch and the crowd. Impossible. Peter. Aren't moles blind? 
Um, yeah. Well, some of them. It depends on how you consider blind. Oh, he's got the dark vision. I you see his dark vision in this. Yeah. Exclusively at. Uh, they looked at the camera. Uh oh. They looked at the camera. Exclusively at view. The eleventh of May, twenty nineteen. So this is a. Oh, 2019. I was like, this is a preview run. But no, this is year so this old. Is, yeah. Possibly two years, because it says, I have to be calls it Strike and then puts 2019 as part of the title, but then has a 2018 next to it. So no one's quite sure when this movie It's of mysterious origin. Um, oh, geez, that's going to be an issue. <laughs> I'm just looking what? at Discord and like the green thing that comes up when we're, we're talking now. I got to make sure that doesn't show up on the stream. <laughs> um, okay. So I'll, I'll start, I guess. And I got a short one. So <laughs> Peter's going to have the, uh, the essay here. Um, charming film. Charming story with quirky characters. Loved Hetty. One for the family. Uh, there's four exclamation points after loved Hetty. And that's its own sentence. And uh, one for the family only gets one exclamation mark. So not as strong. They don't feel as strongly about it being one for the family as they do about their love for Hetty. Um, Tracy Howard, 37,000 with that review written March 3rd, 2020. Uh, All right. Next one we got here. Uh, Mark J. Hadley, The Charm of Independent Animation, still live and kicking. Now, this is a UK release, I think, so I'm going to put a little bit, just to put a, put a little bit yeah, of an accent please on there. Please don't let it devolve oh. into your goddamn... What an incredible <laughs> film! Everything has been animated and designed for actual people, parentheses, not computers! And you can really tell how much work was to go... <coughs> into the film all right that's enough of that you know it's a bad voice when it hurts you to do it (laughs) it's like it's like trying to fucking wrangle a bull you just you can't keep a hold on it it's going it's going uh it has great music the script and characters are funny there really is something in there for everyone 9.5 out of 10 it reminds me of Wallace and Gromit back in the day. Wallace and Gromit. Also, my kids loved it. <laughs> Good. They already watched, want to watch it again. So I highly recommend checking out this great film. Ignore the haters. We live in the world of superheroes and blockbusters. Shiny, but soulless. Well, this film has a soul. And a lot of heart. If you want a film made by people, not computers, check out Strike Slash Mungo. <laughs> So is there an alternate title for this? I guess so. Apparently it's Jerry Mungo in the summertime. Um, Wow. Like 13 out of 22. I've never been more convinced that a review was written by a filmmaker than I am that this review was written by this person who made this film. (laughs) Uh, All right. Jake, why don't you uh, just read the one star right off because we're not going to hit it quite right if we don't do it that way. (laughs) One out of ten. One of the worst animations. Sorry, hold on. One of the worst worst animations I've ever seen. 
I'm trying to do a really bad UK accent. Like, well, you're doing a really bad UK accent. You're doing so. great. You're doing great in that regard. <laughs> I'm not going to even try. <laughs> I'm done. I'm really disappointed with myself. The animation is really bad. Just like my accent. <laughs> the characters are so it's ugly. It's actually right there. Self-depreciate. Where we read reviews in a self-deprecating tone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really like bad, like my own. It's really down on myself. Low self-esteem like reviews. Studs with low self-esteem. <laughs> really not exciting, just like my sex life. <laughs> uh, voice acting is terrible. Not to mention the accent. The way the act... Wait, <laughs> They actually say that in the, th the review. Not to mention the accent. The way the act is unbearable. It's no, so unnatural. Moreover, the speed is so slow, and the beginning part is so boring. So, there's too many so's. <laughs> too many so's. So it gives me the feeling of watching the boring opera. After five minutes of running time, I really wanted to stop, but I gave it a chance. Five minutes, So. Wow. I watched for another eight minutes. Another eight minutes passed. I couldn't bear it anymore. Therefore, I finally decided to stop. I think this is an Italian person. I don't think English is their first language. Probably. Uh, because I didn't watch it to the end, I admit that I don't know how it ends or what happens next. The story might be good, but because of its very bad animation quality, it turned out to be a terrible animation. Wrong it's, it's really a waste of time. <laughs> thus, I wouldn't recommend anyone to watch this. Anime. Well, that means that, that, that one's the right there for sure. It's an American, then, if they screw up its. <laughs> uh, so the person's name is Silver Mist Mist Vio Mist Vio Silver Mist Vio 11 out 26. Um, 6th of September 2019. Uh, didn't watch it all the way. I uh, couldn't even trust this guy. Oh. And he used so too many times. <laughs> Kurt, you got to read the one above it. Best movie ever made. Yeah. Best or best movie ever made. This, yeah. Destiny, my love, Destiny and Chicken. <laughs> September nineteenth, twenty nineteen. Same day Borderlands came out. Or was that October nineteenth? No, I think it was September. Um, Who knows? Made me laugh. Made me cry. Mongo, you stinky little mole. Go get that gold. I watched like a third of the movie. <laughs> 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 so good. <laughs> Nine out of twenty found that helpful. Uh Jake, you're gonna read I want you're gonna read underrated movie by Mohammed Kazaz, and then I'll read amazingly well crafted film by Jeremy one eight one. So, big family gathering, and we took all the kids, nieces, and nephews to see Strike. They all loved it. Some of the characters, especially Hattie, really resonated with the gang way better than most of the generic rubbish hoist upon us nowadays. Zero out of zero found this helpful. Good job, buddy. Which one do you want me to read? Underrated movie? Uh, yeah. So, all right, nine out of ten underrated Underrated movie. bunny. <laughs> Released in 2018? This is totally an underrated movie. <laughs> When is it fucking released? The animation is great, and the effort to produce such an amazing quality stop-motion film from an independent studio is surely respectable. Don't call me Shirley. But, uh, the storyline, on the other hand, is very good, too. It has some flaws, but not a deal-breaker. This is a hidden gem. Highly recommend. 12 out of 21 found this helpful. 
I guess the, you had to watch more than 13 minutes in order to get the entire... Well, I, I guess. Know. That's a real fucking hump there, right there. I guess it's a really divisive opening. You either like it or you don't. Yeah, I mean, the guy who only watched a third of the movie said it was the best movie ever made. It made mm. him laugh and cry. <laughs> he called Mungo a stinky little... <laughs> I fucking, he was so drunk. Made me laugh, made me cry, Mongo. You stink a little Mongo. Get that gold. I watched a third of the movie. <laughs> I knew it'd be red. I, I want this framed. <laughs> Everything about it is just so perfect. Yeah. That's a Hall of Famer right For- there. That's one of the best IMDb user reviews we've ever read. Without, without pure. <laughs> Even even the fucking username. Yeah. Destiny, my <laughs> love, destiny, and chicken. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so that was that was the real treasure here, not the movie. The movie's probably fine. Very seems very watchable. Kids like it. Sure. It's got a five point uh, one out of ten. Um. Oh fuck. Overall it score. Seems average. Um. Yeah, that would be average. Um. There's no other like Rotten Tomatoes or uh, Metacritic like six people have seen this movie and they're the six people who submitted those reviews <laughs> never mind the fact that there's 98 ratings on IMDB those people have, those are dummy accounts <laughs> and this has been out for two years um, possibly no one's quite sure this movie is very mysterious <laughs> Like, we know less about this than we do Ninja Operation. Which is a true statement this movie, that is this movie very really sad. bad. What? Has this been out for two years and it's only made like 11,000? Well, it looks like it was on like a streaming platform. Yeah, View, whatever the fuck that is. I, I don't know how that. long it's been in the I know theaters. what PlayStation View is, but I think that's a different thing. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Maybe it's like the Sky News version of uh, Netflix or something. It's the know. Skynet version. Sky. Well, like they're, they're like Sky is like or a Legion. Yeah, I know Sky is huge uh, thing over there. That's in the like UK. their major cable provider. Yeah. Sky and ITV are, I think, the two major. Let's 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 look this up. Let's let's investigate view streaming. Oh, PlayStation View. Oh. Yeah, I see. That's what's going to come up most of the time. Yeah, it's all. Well, PlayStation. Um, the movie we looked at last week, Phoenix, Oregon, comes in uh, nipping at its heels. Down 57.5%, though. In eight more theaters? What eight theaters opened? <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Go home, everybody. Social distancing. They're in Florida. <laughs> I'm wondering if they're like individual home theaters for like the wealthy that are like, let's buy a movie and have the real sent to our house. Well, not real, but like, you know what I mean? A printer or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. that. They they send over, uh, it's like a hard drive, I think. That's what they send yeah, over. it's a big old like, <laughs> stick it in there. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering if that I'm assuming there has to be some super rich people who have like an actual movie theater in their There's house. There's one in the White House, or was at one point, I believe. 
There was a bowling alley. Silver screen on the White House. There was a bowling alley in the White House at one point, and then got converted into a basketball court, I think. Classic. That's racist. I, I'm pretty sure oh, that's Obama what happened. President. Which which president did it, Jake? <laughs> I'm going to assume Obama. Um, Hold on. Let me... I'm not sure that For they actually... Kurt's about to fucking Snopes you. So hard. Well, no, I just I just want to see if I remember. I don't know no. if he installed a basketball court or they got rid of the bowling alley to do it. I don't know if they were. Uh, I don't know if it's an addition to or instead of. Um, White see. House bowling alley is a one lane bowling alley in the basement of the White House under the That's north. So sad. A one lane bowling alley. <laughs> Come on, you can't even get like bowling. Does it have cos- Does it have cosmic bowling though? Um, no, but there's. Sure oh my the god! Off. There's a wonderful picture of former President George W. Bush uh, with a George W. Bush face <laughs> trying to bowl here in its in three-piece suit. suit. Nuclear. No, it's just two. Um, visitors can. There's Nixon. Um. White House basement. Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower's first uh, bowling alley was added by Richard Nixon in 1969. There had previously been a bowling alley in the West Wing, built for President Truman in 1947, which was moved, which had been moved to the old Executive Office Building in 1955. Um, I cannot find anything about it being replaced with the basketball court. Um. That looks like a lane ball. He doesn't even have his own bowling ball. What a nerd. Well, I mean, if the lane is in your house, aren't all the lane balls your bowling ball? Balls? Yeah. I no, That's got to be one of the funner parts of the... No uh, core. Oh, hi, Ellie. It's not fitted. Oh, my God. That's got to be one of the funner parts of the presidential onboarding. It's like they get your whole, they get your finger size. <laughs> My bunny just jumped into my lap. Oh, that's so fucking cute. Kurt. He's so sweet. So he's want to goddamn adorable. throw up on the on the tiles on my bowling <laughs> shoes. Ugh. Um, White House basketball court. Nice layup, Mr. President. Not so far from the swimming pool. The White House bat basketball. Nope, Ellie. Not on the keyboard, please. Relax. <laughs> 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 it is everything. White House bets. Bets are wonderful, but they are disruptive to your podcast. Not so far from the swimming pool, the White House basketball court has been used for occasional games by presidents and their staffs and families. George H.W. Bush installed it in 1991. Oh. Following the horseshoe pits and the tennis court he had installed two years later. This horseshoe. dude is fucking spending spent a lot of taxpayer money <laughs> installing a horseshoe pit, a basketball court, and a tennis court in the White House. I get why my parents voted for him now. No. <laughs> we love horseshoes. At Wasn't my house. he the fucking uh oh. read oh. my lips no more taxes? <laughs> He'd spent that money, yep. though. No no. Um, President Obama takes his shirt. Jake, I need to know about your horseshoe habits now. Turns out I'm just racist. President Obama with the University <laughs> I don't care of about your racism, Jake. I want to hear about the, your fucking horseshoe pit at Buffalo. Oh, uh, my Buffalo horseshoe pit? Oh, yeah. That, that, that sounds like a fucking Urban Dictionary sex booth right there. I'm so already horseshoe looking it <laughs> Yeah, so like we, we have uh, just up in our backyard, up near the garden. 
my dad was just like, you know what? I want to play horseshoes. And he, uh, he, he just cut a piece of grass out and staked in a couple <laughs> poles. And uh, I don't think he put, like, actual sand there, uh, but he, he measured it out and, and just put a couple stakes there. Unfortunately, and... there is no Urban Dictionary entry for a buffalo horseshoe pit, so we'll have to make one. Guess be the change you want to yeah. see. Yeah. Um, all right, Jake, now that you have a professional opinion, uh, you may have experienced all of these. Which is your favorite, horseshoes, uh, cornhole, or bocce? Uh, bocce. Fucking really? Italian yeah. son of a bitch. Of course you'd say bocce, bocce ball. Bocce ball. Um, bocce ball because uh, I think that, I think it's more dynamic and uh, it also brings back better memories. Like I had smoked my first cigar playing bocce ball. All the my dad's Ooh, friends would have a bunch bitch. of uh, you know people over and they'd all play bocce ball. During a party, and I was, they're all smoking a cigar or some of that, or smoking a cigar or a cigarette. And I'm like, hey, dad, can I have one? <laughs> he's like, he's like, Jake, go in, go in the, uh, the shed up on like, the top shelf on the tool cabinet. There should be a, a pack of cigars. You can grab one. And I was like, cool. <laughs> My mom was like, well, okay, he is 12. So <laughs> that's <no>. the age <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> One inch for every year you're born. True story. I think I was like 15 or 16. We were in, I was like 16 at the time, and we were in New York City, and uh, my Uncle Ernest is like the fucking worst enabler ever. And uh, we went to this bar, and uh, again, I'm like 16 at the time, and he just like walks over, and he drops a beer in front of me, and he's like, here, have a beer. I was like... (laughs) Yeah, what age are you? Eight? (laughs) Ten? Yeah. (laughs) Put hair on your chest. (laughs) Take a pint. <laughs> Be a cool story to tell all your friends. Yeah. That was an interesting... Because I feel like your relatives always want to be that cool relative, the cool uncle. They want to enable you, and they want to be the one that gets stuff. Sometimes it backfires. Well, I mean, it's in fairness, I mean, probably when my Uncle Ernest was a kid, the drinking age was 16. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, compared to that, like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I don't think the drinking age was ever 16. Just... Just for historical records. All right. Um, how are we doing on time here? <laughs> Have we wasted enough for this oh. to be? Okay, we're 38 minutes in. <laughs> I, mean, I guess we can talk about gaming news now. Yeah, we can see what's, what's up with gaming. I know I saw, I did see one story that, uh, uh, shit, The Last of Us 2 was uh, delayed indefinitely. So, yay, COVID. Thanks. But who knows? They might have been I'm pretty reasons. sure. Like, unless it isn't finished and they have to send all their staff home, I don't see why they couldn't release it. I'm Wasn't sure, it well, slated for a May release? I would hope it'd be done by now. Yeah, it, it must be just... It probably honestly could just be anything delaying it. It could not be, like... Might not be like the COVID release, um, but then again, maybe they're dealing with like distributors and some stuff like that. Other stuff, maybe the the game is actually finished, but they can't roll it out to places. But then digital copies, so I don't know. Unless they want to do it all at the same time. Yeah. Um. 
After a disastrous launch, Steam top seller Last Oasis is temporarily going offline and giving full refunds. So, um, I don't, I, I oh, did wow. not hear about this, but uh, apparently there's a, I did not investigate Last Oasis. Um, PC gamers seem to have liked it quite a bit, but, uh, a deep-rooted server issue has made Last Oasis unplayable for most. So its developers taking the game offline while they figure it out. So uh, Last Oasis is a early access MMO released on March 26th. Um, but by that evening, that same evening, they were experiencing many issues. Um, so they did the right thing by taking it offline to, to work it out and giving people their money back. So... That's good. Because if they were like, oh, we'll just honor your purchase when it comes back online, you know, well, what if it doesn't come back online for eight months? You know, you get your money back in your pocket, which is, I think that's the right thing to do. Um, mm -hmm. Controversy surrounding Borderlands 3. Uh, developers are reportedly uh, in financial struggles after big royalty checks that were promised to them fail to materialize. This is according to a Kotaku report, so take it with a large grain of salt because Kotaku has never reported anything oh. that wasn't true before. Mm. Um, Gearbox employees accept below industry standard pay because they're promised big profit-sharing bonuses after making major releases, but big apparently doesn't describe the first round of Borderlands 3 checks. Um, so I don't know if did they not receive checks or were they less than they expected. Profit sharing agreement arrangement to compensate 60% of game royalties go to the company and its owners, but the remaining 40% is divided among employees. Big success of Borderlands 2 in 2012 resulted in huge profit sharing payments uh, big enough for some to buy houses. And multiple sources told Kotaku that they were led to believe Borderlands 3 would also result in a six-figure bonus. It was something Gearbox often touted while recruiting new employees. Uh, yesterday, however, Gearbox boss Randy Pitchford reportedly told employees that this quarter's bonuses will be smaller than expected due to expanded headcount and high development costs. According to the report, Borderlands 3 cost around $140 million to make, including the DLC, a sum which had been paid back to publisher 2k before gearbox would receive any royalty payments to be clear this typical all right yeah that's pretty standard how game development works unsurprisingly gearbox took a different perspective on the dashed expectations noting that kotaku that its profit sharing program has paid out over 100 million in royalty bonuses above and beyond traditional compensation to its employees um so I mean, I don't think there's much of a story here. I think it costs a lot of money to make, and because it was on Epic exclusively for six months, it probably didn't sell as well as it could have, at least on the PC side. Yep. And they didn't make as much money off of it as they predicted, so the employees are getting smaller bonuses. I'm sure that will increase next quarter, now that the game's out on Steam and everyone's fucking stuck home, so they're going to be playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they'll get their money. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Who'd a thunk? So uh, if you're if you're an avid looker of the calendar, you might have seen that just the other day it was uh, 
March 31st, and then April 1st came right after that, which is a popular holiday known as April Fool's Day. It's not a holiday. Have you heard about this? I mean, I consider it a holiday. Because uh, you're we, an wow. April we Fool. Townsends. Ha, got him. I am. My birthday's in April. I'm, I'm a fool. Oh, that's right, your birthday is in April. Uh, my life is a joke, and my birth was a mistake. So, yeah. I mean, I consider myself an April Fool's joke just, just all around. Just going to have to look uh. at what date that is so I know when to get you your gift. I mean, I know entirely when your birthday is. Got it memorized. <laughs> Totes. Um, so, yeah. So, April Fool's uh, was just the other day. And a couple games decided, hey, let's have fun with it. So, uh, here's a couple uh, game April Fool's that happened. So, Overwatch had googly eyes on all of their uh, champions. Or heroes, or whatever the fuck they call them. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, it snowed in GTA and Red Dead Redemption. Uh, Guild Wars 2 had a bunch of giant cats around. There was, like, just massive cats in the distance <laughs> that were just, like, looming over menacingly. <laughs> I think that was the best one. <laughs> Uh, Pong was uh, like downloadable for like an RP- as an RPG or something. Like that. Um, my Pong favorite game. Pokemon Showdown had April Fool sprites for all the Pokemon, and my favorite amongst them was Corviknight, which uh, like lifted up its helmet and <laughs> revealed Skarmory hiding inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> That's awesome. He was here the whole time. <laughs> Uh, a couple uh, uh, game developers announced that they were making some maybe not so real games like uh, FTG Entertainment are happy to announce a new game project, DuckTales Quack Shots. <laughs> Woo! And I don't, I, I don't think that's actually happening. Um, uh, Super Hot made Super a hot. Pico 8 based D make. Oh, God. <clears throat> Pico 8. <clears throat> called Pico Hot. <laughs> it looks really funny. Uh, apparently, there was a way you could like get to that by doing a certain command. I think on Super Hot or something, <laughs> and then you could download it. Uh, there were there were some other small ones, but yeah, so it was it was pretty interesting. The uh, what games decided to come out with April Fool's jokes. Yeah, um, Half Life Two. Uh, they got running in VR using the Half Life Alex engine. Um, there isn't much to say other than then it's Half Life Two running. Half Life Two remake running in VR, um, accidental crossplay between Star Wars Jedi Academy on PC and console is a slaughter. <laughs> um, they weren't quite ready for it. <laughs> Turns out you have to balance those kind of um, things. And judges rule that Call of Duty can have Humvees in it because games are all art. Um, apparently, there is some debate. <laughs> That Humvee is in violation of trademark law because uh, it's a brand name. Oh, like the actual name Humvee. Yeah. Huh. But it's protected as artistic impre- expression. Um, weak Xbox One Series X day one launch slate uh, hands major PS5 victory. Um, Xbox Series launch title lineup may be smaller than expected. This could hand the PS5 a major launch day win if it has more games to offer new players. However, Xbox Series X could win over a year after launch as it gets new players with steady release of exclusive games. So, like, nothing concrete in this article. It was kind of clickbaity. I should have read it before we went on air with it. 
Um, <laughs> I failed as a journal. PS5 update is great news for PS4 fans ahead of the big release date. Uh, PS5 release date is set to be one of the biggest events of gaming in 2020. Ahead of its price update, it has delivered some great news to PS4 gamers. Sony has yet to reveal the PS5 with plenty of details uh, about its release date and What's price. What's the good news for the PS4, PS4 people? PS4 is still a mystery. We know it will have a release date during the holiday 2020 period. Sony has already done a deep dive into the specs of the PS4 successor. Still plenty we don't know. Yeah, come on. These details, da, 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 or is the PS5 likely to take place? Okay, yes, come on, just tell me. Um, official PS5 price reveal has emerged, which will be great news for PS4 gamers. It was revealed in a post by GameRant. GameRant broke a story? What? <laughs> Bullshit. A Canadian retailer has started taking pre-orders for the PS5 and has listed the price. The price tag is very eye-catching with the Play and Trade Vancouver store listing listing the PS5 as costing 559 Canadian dollars, uh, which translates to 397 US dollars at the current exchange rate, or 324 euros. Um, Bam. The Xbox Series X is rumored to cost anywhere up to $599. So I'm assuming that the benefit for the PS4 players was that it's going to get a, they're going to get a price break. Um, it's going to be, yeah, less expensive to stay on Sony's side. So that's kind okay. of a uh, weird way to phrase that. Really fucking buried yeah. it in there. Um, Amazon is giving Prime subscribers five free games worth a total of $100. All you need is a Twitch account, which is also free. Uh, need something to take your mind. So let's see. What else? What do we got here? Um, you'll need a Twitch. One string attached. You must be an Amazon Prime subscriber. You'll need a Twitch account. And then you'll have to link it to your Prime account. From there, just head to the Amazon Twitch page and scroll down. To the games with Prime section at the bottom, all you have to do is click claim on one or more of them that are instantly added to your game library and yours to keep forever. To actually play them, you'll need either the Amazon Games app or Twitch desktop, so you'll need another launcher. Uh, oh, here's the roster of freebies. You have Earthlock, an indie RPG adventure for fans of turn-based combat, Etherborn, the same. The, this looks like a blown-up version of the beloved mobile puzzler Monument Valley. Light Matter, an indie puzzler that has been likened to the iconic Portal. Kathy Rain, a graphic adventure that reminds the author of this article of old Sierra Online games. And Turok, a remastered version of the 1997 first-person shooter, featuring I'm done dinosaurs. With you seem strangely uh, excited have about never, that, Jake. Have you I never played Turok, Peter? It's oh, pretty. No. You shoot dinosaurs. Yeah, you shoot dinosaurs okay. and all that shit. Like the old game, I played the old game on the original Xbox. That shit was. Well, awesome. that was. Yeah. And then uh, they came out with that remake. Like a Well, long the time Xbox ago. version was a remake because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Turok was an N64 title. N64? was Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of N64. No, I played on Xbox. Yeah. 
and then um the, yeah then i played uh the the remake i guess the remake remake on the 360 i guess it would be um when it came out again it, it was i mean it was all right yeah better graphics cooler dinosaurs <laughs> cooler dinosaurs open it up get on the floor i'm pretty sure that's what this version is if i had to take a guess I'm hoping they wouldn't be releasing like a port <laughs> for like an N64. Just tar- emulate it. <laughs> um, that'd be, that'd be yeah. You like freebie. get in and it's like okay, here's here's the ROM now. Install, download, and install uh, Project 64. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amazon is reportedly working on a cloud gaming platform, codenamed Project Tempo. So yet another uh, tech company looking to get in on the uh, streaming gaming service. Let's see if they can manage to do it a little bit better than Google did with Stadia. Oh, by the way, YouTube Premium subscribers, you get three three months of Stadia. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, we can, now we can play Stadia on the as go. As long as we have a pixel. <laughs> It could play all such good games as games that are already games out. That Other we games already, that's already out. <laughs> that run better on our local machines. It's like if Zune was a console. The last Zune that they ever made was actually an incredible device. It had an OLED screen in 2009. That's crazy. Solid. <laughs> like LCDs weren't even coming well, back then. Well, then when Stadia gets good, we know it'll finally <laughs> be done. Well, Microsoft is a little more stubborn than Google. Google gives up on their ventures that don't work out very easily. Microsoft's a little more stubborn. Huh, speaking of stubborn. Tiger a lot king. of stubborn people in this fucking show. Oh my god, where do we even Hail start the king. with this? Well, first uh, of all, fuck Carol Baskins. <laughs> that dumb bitch out of Tampa, Florida. She's trying to take the GW Zoo out of commission. She's trying to take her time, take his cats. Uh, I love the introduction to Carol Baskins because she's like walking through her big cat rescue and she's like, we don't want these tigers in cages. I'm like, bitch, that tiger's in a smaller cage than he was in Joe Exotics. (laughs) Yeah, her her tigers are in very small cages and everybody's like, oh my gosh, the hypocrisy is just so disgusting. People will come over to her zoo and be like, oh, Carol, I love what you've done with the place. These tigers have so much place to roam, and they're just in a small cage. Yeah. Like, oh, you can you do all this with them, and they're like, they they just have to meet some sort of compliance, like with a certain size of the cage, and they did. Yeah. They like, they probably did the bare minimum because there's endorsement of some sort. Um, yeah. I just I think that because I think the GW Zoo had to do it as well. I just have to. Um, I'll get this out of the way first. Uh, pretty much all the people they profiled. Are not great people. Um, they range from mm-hmm. bad to worse, except like some of the people who were like actually working there, like the uh, 
the shaggy Rogers looking motherfucker uh, who worked at Joe Exotic yeah. Zoo. He seemed like a good guy who just cared about the animals. <clears throat> well, the, the guy found the job on the um, on, he found the job on Craigslist, and he was like, "Well, I never played with a tiger, so hell, why not?" They yeah. did it, and he was just and I don't know. I guess Joe Exotic really didn't have the best business uh, acumen, like sense for hiring employees. He was, he was a just, he was a patsy in the in perhaps the the most pure sense of the word there. Yeah, he would just take uh, you know recently released. Well, I think that uh, that was shrewd of him because like you know who else is he going to get to work for him for like what they were being offered as compensation? Like the issue is like these cats should not be in like these fucking. DIY zoos. I think Big Cat Rescue, GW, and Doc Antel's place are all they're not it's very clear when you listen to like and like what went wrong with GW Zoo, it's very clear that none of them can afford the overhead necessary to provide these animals with the care they need. This is a job for a Game preserve. Yes. Professionals yeah. who know what they're doing. Um, I'm not against breeding tigers into captivity. And I think what Joe and Doc say about it being a wonderful teaching tool, because if you watch a video of a tiger, like you don't get the same feeling of majesty as you do if you're up close with one at a zoo. It's a very good conservation teaching tool. And you can see, like, the, the saddest part is at the very end of this documentary, they show some old um, clips of Joe Exotic back when he was just Joe Trivogel and he was like a park ranger or something like that. And he's he's giving an interview to local news and he's petting the tiger and he's like, yeah, the tigers, they're beautiful creatures, but it's places in Africa or India, not here in Oklahoma. Like he understood it at one point, but then, yeah. you know, the, the idea of the celebrity just kind of got to him and I think he lost his way. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. So, um, also, in the beginning of the of the docu series, he he was talking about his early his start and how he started off on just trying to make it with a few tigers, and uh, part of it was like going on stage and teaching about uh, conservation efforts. And uh, he wanted to bring flair to it and started doing magic that was the shows best. He like fucking a kid in middle school taught him magic. He hired some like eighth grade kid to teach him magic, and I was just like, what the fuck. So like, yeah, he started from like a, from from a you know humble beginnings and um, you know over time building this I, I guess sort of like a tiger empire. Uh, uh, people reached out to him and tried to make him famous and s- giving him a reality TV show, and that went to his head. Yeah, and that and, and over time you saw how how I guess not power hungry, but like how. Uh, how how big his ego yeah. got like he took that tiger king persona and made that him and i think the most telling part was when the producer who's this i guess this decently big producer uh yeah he'd shows, worked in, in tv before yeah so so he had he had like history and experience so he was actually uh qualified to do what he was doing but he helped produce the joe exotic internet show um on the side with his main reality tv show and uh he he was telling the camera he's like 
is telling people like there was one morning there were mornings where he would like just turn into a different person when we started the cameras up and he would start fights for no reason he would yell at people he would fire people on camera just to make good tv and i I think after Mm -hmm. the camera stopped rolling there was a point where he kept that persona going which is really where he started the downturn it's it's unfortunate that in all this posturing like that's one of the things I disliked most about Carol Baskins is that she'll posture and say, oh, you know, we want to save these cats and all that. But like she was just as complicit in all the things that she wanted to stop as the other two were. Like there's really no difference between Big Cat Rescue functionally and Doc Antel's place or the GW Zoo. Uh Except maybe they have a, they have more money behind them. I guess is the yeah. It seems like they had more money because so they because they fed the tigers more. Cause they they were talking a little bit about like monitoring stuff. They said to feed a tiger. Um, I so what it Doc was, Antel like, said um, that to properly feed a tiger, it's ten thousand dollars a year or something like that. Um, yeah. And of course that that scales up as you get more and more tigers. Joe uh, Joe Exotic with his Walmart meat truck. Uh, said that he was able to feed a tiger for $3,000 a year. It's not DiGiorno. It's Dimitri. But <laughs> when you scale your operation up to 227 tigers or whatever the fuck he had, you know, that's you're still looking at millions of dollars. Or maybe it was 10000 a yeah. month or something like that. So, like, it, they did the math for you, and they're like, so you're spending three-quarters of a million dollars a year feeding these tigers? You know, like, that's a lot of money. It's hard to operate at that kind of overhead. And as a result, none of them, none of these places were able to really appropriately pay their employees. Yeah. I mean, look at Carol Bassins. She had her whole system was run on volunteer work. Yes. Like, and this like unpaid internship. 12 and like, hour days, no pay. They're on yeah. Christmas, which uh, obviously there are Jewish people or non religious people. That's not a big idea deal but like no days off sort of thing like i understand the tigers gotta eat every every day yeah so there's got to be some people that was was flabbergasting to me yeah to like voluntarily do that i guess if you're like going to school trying to get like uh like if if you volunteer maybe part-time like only during the summers or the winter or something like that and you're going to school because there there were some younger kids too i was trying to look at the dynamic of, of age ranges uh, most of them seem mostly to be like women, middle-aged, middle-aged women, which middle-aged is kind of odd to me. Yeah. Well, to the I will. Passionate ones. To, I'll uh, offer this as a counterpoint. Right. Um, in that her workforce, her volunteer force, uh, as far as I can tell, was at least an order of magnitude larger than right. on either of the other farms. In sort of the many hands make light work. Uh, sort of uh, business, pl- I'll say business plan. Best a better word might be work plan. Um, and it seems I I think of all of them, that one was probably the most. I'm not gonna say efficient, effective. It's the most concrete sort of uh, hierarchical structure. Oh, for sure. Um, in that you have many levels of involvement. And I think, you know, I I don't know as I can be like fully pity 
pitying the people who who get all the way up to doing 12 hour unpaid things because that's something that they've decided that they wanted to work yeah, towards. Like, honestly, I, I agree with what you're saying that it's a it's a volunteer thing. At the end of the day, these people are willingly offering their time. But um, it's still exploitation of unpaid labor for a for-profit industry. Like yeah. Big Cat Rescue mm-hmm. technically probably files taxes as a charitable organization, but they're run for-profit. Like you can very clearly yeah. see that throughout the series. Um. Which, I mean, again, they're volunteers. I, they're willingly doing it, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of... I think, and I think this point is a good segue to talk about the actual style of the docuseries. Mm-hmm. I didn't... Uh, I'll make it known here that I didn't really care about a lot of the content. I'm like, oh, okay, it's terrible people and big cats. Cool. Watch as they all crumble under their own fucking weight. Um I was more interested in the way that the guy presented the documentary. Yes, that was very in interesting. That there, there's a lot of different ways. Like, you know, you know, I didn't think about it because I don't watch a lot of documentaries, but there are a lot of fucking different ways to present a lot of nonfiction evidence and, and documentation. And this one, I think, caught a lot of people because he seemed to do it in the rabbit hole yes. style. And by that, I mean, you just you throw up a lot of shit and you sort of and it's not even you just let it sit there. You really make a point of like, here, I'm dangling this little tidbit of information in front of you. You want to go check it out? You want to go down this little fucking hole? You want to go down this rabbit hole? You want to stick your stick your dick yes, in my that's rabbit one hole? One thing I noticed. Um, and they see what bites. did a wonderful job setting the hook for the next episode at the end of each episode. Like yeah. there was this new development in the saga and they like they gave you a little preview of it, a little snippet of it, and then they just cut it off right before they got into the meat of it. So it's like, okay, well, I got to figure out what the fuck happens here. Um, also, I found it very interesting on in how they, they presented the people. In the beginning, they were portraying Joe, like when you, they first introduced you to the different people, they portray them in a fairly positive light. But then, as the series goes on, they do more and more, I I don't want to call it character assassination, but they present more and more of the dirty laundry that they uncovered on these people. So, Mm -hmm. like, your initial impression of Carol Baskins is like, oh, okay, so she's an animal rights activist. She's, I mean, she's not taking great care of the tigers or any greater care of the tigers than that. But then you get further on and it's like, oh, yeah, she probably murdered her husband. Um. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> the my favorite like one of the things that it's like really you're gonna say this on camera woman was when they were talking about when joe exotic got dragged by the tiger uh which is one of the clips that they fucking opened the docuseries with which hooked me in so hard when i just saw somebody just get messed around with at the foot and then they're just dragged by a tiger i'm like i'm in uh, but she's like, yeah, they wouldn't put perfume or something on there. They put like sardine oil. It's like, woman, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Coming up with that specific so ass specific, example. Carol? <laughs> when like, it's very clear that a lot of people think that you use tigers to dispose of a body. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't do that then, to kill a bu- person. Come on. And that fucking segues into like the voice of the narrator and that he's just like he's talking to all these people, but it's very implicit by the way he's filming them. It's like, I don't trust any of these people. I'm filming them, but I don't give a oh, shit yeah. about any of them. I don't trust them. And that biggest one, I think, like the biggest like scary upfront personality to me was yeah. Doc. Because one, he has fucking sociopath eyes and he's got the sociopath demeanor where he can just that was the big one where they showed him for a couple seconds before he started his shot and he was off. And then he turns on, mm-hmm. which is when he very was, much like yeah. a, I have I I am a lizard in human he skin directed his own uh, introductory segment He's like and yeah. he. He has every argument prepared in advance. He's ready to catch everyone in their own traps because he probably has done all of that himself. Yeah. He's got the cult leader personality. He's not gonna he's not gonna answer certain questions or he's very specific about what the way he answers questions because he doesn't want to that taken one out of context or used against him. Because he's and like, he's I know how that. this works. He's like, I know how this works. He's like, You're gonna you're gonna this is a gotcha moment. You're gonna use this, you can use this in the court yeah. of law. And he's got that. He's got that. I'm not there intensity. I'm not all there intensity. Yeah, and he's a, a fucking cult leader. Yeah, like cult like, of. But his name is. He calls himself Bhagavan. Yeah. He's a doctor mm. in the mystical he's arts. He's doctor. A Strange, doctor basically. of mystical yeah. science. Mystical science. Yeah, they're <laughs> interviewing like, and again, like the former drug kingpin, <laughs> who like did jail time comes across as the like most decent human being out of all these people and you know they're at his place talking about his animals and he has a, only a few animals and you can tell that he cares quite a bit for them um especially his wife with their their chimps she's got all the fucking baby clothes oh for God. them for every <laughs> holiday and season and they're going through like you know the photo albums and he's close with doc Antel, and they're like what's he a doctor of and she's like mystical science i'm like oh okay here i thought he actually had like a phd and that's why he came across as like you know articulate and stuff but no he's just a fucking mm-hmm. creepy cult leader con man no. who has sex slaves yeah the oh my god dr- drug guy is like the old money of being a crazy big animal owner where yeah. like they know how to hide it they really know how to hide it. Well, like like the people try to get in on the the first time, and they couldn't get in. And like he, he it's like not super. He needed open an appointment because it's a private residence. Yeah, like yeah. it's his home. So yeah, he doesn't yeah. operate a zoo. He just has exotic animals as pets, which you shouldn't do. Um, just as a PSA, yeah. PSA guys. Like, there's stuff. a reason these animals are not commonly available as pets they have not been domesticated they are not fit to coexist with you like you can get along with them for a period of time but they're still yeah. a wild animal that any time can like, like they're, go wild <laughs> like something there happened are very during there the are show. very few whole bodies in this show like during the docuseries and one of the things that gets brought up all the time is that when uh what's her name shay or something sifts yeah Sa- Saf. Saf. it's Saf. Saf. When Saf got her arm ripped off, you know, this tiger was probably born there or raised there, and it got to the point where it was too big, wasn't useful for cub petting, and uh, she was going to feed it or something, do something with it, stuck her arm in the cage, and got her arm ripped off. Yeah. 
you know, and then mm-hmm. actually one of the interesting parts was they talked more about it and they said that her arm was just mangled by it. So it didn't get completely ripped off. The tiger wasn't gnawing on it, but, uh, you know, it was so badly damaged that the doctor said, well, you can go through years of physical Two therapy years of reconstructive ser- to, to surgery. repair it. Yeah, you can you can repair it. We can repair it. It'll take a lot of time and money. Or we can amputate it right here and get you on your way. And she could have sued Joe Exotic for all he was worth. Money <laughs> and yeah, and 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 you know, ruin him and like like Joe said in that clip when he was taking care of her, he was like I will never financially recover from this. Yeah. Because he was expecting a lawsuit. He was expecting all this stuff for damages. And she was in a right, but because she loved Tiger so much, she was like, "Cut it off! I don't need it. Yeah. Let me get back to work," which was fucking fascinating. Yeah, it's crazy how attached these people and just crazy. <laughs> it's just this one is fucking lunacy. Yeah, it takes a different she kind would, of cat that. to take care of big cats. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you guys think of the the role of the government? towards the end of the docu-series. I, personally, I enjoyed it. Just the fact that it's, it was, the way it came out was as this, this big fucking machine that didn't have to do anything. All I had to do was just, just start squeezing. And all the well, shit just yeah, came I mean, out. <laughs> they were just like, we'll wait for the, they all, they all went full crab They're bucket right at the backstabbing end. backstabbing sons of bitches. So all they had to do was put a little pressure on one and the whole house of cards came tumbling yeah. down. Because uh, one, cause, you have a lot of a lot of Joe's people aren't highly educated. They all have a lot of shit that they can be leveraged against them. So, when you start putting pressure on that and say, "Hey, you broke your probation, so you can either go back to jail for five years or give up this guy who you've known for a couple of years and who pays you shit and tells you to work with big cats," like. Are you gonna get, are you gonna give that up? Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, and it was interesting that the, the person who they actually got to squeal was the uh, was the business guy. Um, the what was his the name? The fat guy remember? looks like Anthony from Linus Tech Tips. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all I could think looking at him. I'm like, oh my god, Anthony! <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> what happened to it's you, a man? Bit more hair. Yeah, this. So this this guy. So Joe Exotic um, throughout the series. Um, gets sort of in business with uh, like a bunch of people from Vegas. Uh, so there's a character named Jeff Lowe who's done pretty much every crime in the book. A person and named Jeff Lowe. These are actual people, I feel, the need to reiterate. Did I say, did I say character? I'm sorry. Yes, you said character. They're all fucking characters to me. <laughs> They're certainly characters, but they are actual real yeah. people that you should yeah. be wary of. <laughs> yeah, there's a fucking weirdo actual human named Jeff Lowe who has sex with multiple women with his girlfriend Lauren on Tigers he uses Tigers as a lure to get women into his hotel rooms which is fucking crazy that's the creepiest sentence that's ever been uttered on this show <laughs> he lures women back to his hotel with Tigers uh, and then sleeps with them with his girlfriend and um so he he's got a lot of connections, but he's also like the what was his like his father or uncle was like like a, a big circus a like circus guy. guy. And he had like this massive like 
massive circus with that just would have all exotic mm-hmm. animals with a big yeah. old animal collection. So so he has his fortune behind him as well. Well, they never really went into like the financials. They said so he was like renting his house. Fortune. The guy did have money though. He had, he was a paper millionaire. Well, like he had. It's like the same way that our president has a lot of money. Like he doesn't have a lot of liquid cash. But he's able to like leverage loans and stuff because of like he has a lot of ways he can manipulate debt to make it seem like he has a lot of money, but he doesn't actually have a lot of money. Uh, which is why you know his business partner at the zoo was Case getting so point. frustrated because he was having to front all the money for the construction. Right, and the fact that he was seen to be doing the construction and they did not hire a construction yeah. company. <laughs> um. There's no, I like episode two. That was very interesting where they showed all the places that it bought from him. Um, I, and I looked cause I knew like there are some zoos in the area and right in New York state fucking right in the dang smack middle, which is fucking Syracuse. I'm like, Oh, it's the Rosamund Gifford zoo. They totally bought their tigers <laughs> from, uh, from this guy. Cause that's the, that's the zoo in Syracuse. Uh, in the middle of New York State, and I saw that one giant pin. I'm like, okay, yep, that's what it is. Is there a is there oh, yeah, a zoo in Buffalo, Buffalo Jake? Yeah. I, I want. I'm wondering if I should go back and look at that map and see if there's uh, the Buffalo one. Yeah. yeah, that'd be hilarious. See if your zoo, if your local zoo <laughs> is fucking bought illegal animals from these guys. I guess it's like. I guess it'd be nice if like a zoo would buy him from them because I can only assume you're gonna get better treatment. Yeah, that's that's like at, rescuing a dog at that yeah. point. I kind of look at that because they're gonna be able to get appropriate food and veterinary care. Yeah, because I think zoos are just a little bit more managed. Uh, well, they have more money behind them. Industry. <laughs> and then more money, more foot traffic, and yeah, so um, professionals, trained professionals. Yeah, professional trained professionals. They don't do their own fucking veterinary work. Which that, is like a huge fucking red flag. That was um, skeeved me the fuck out, man. I was like, you know, they're not so bad to their tigers. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're doing our own vet work. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, like, not only did they do, like, uh, like just vet work where, like, they repaired a cut. But there's a, there's a documentary, I think. There's another documentary on YouTube where I think it shows him castrating a tiger. And then I think they cook up the tiger balls. I don't know if the tiger balls were real when they were doing it, but. Like they were straight up castrating a tiger, uh, you know, by themselves and without professional work. So there was or a lot of, or any of that, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of lot of stuff that was probably under the table that they were doing themselves that they should not have. They weren't licensed to do. Yeah, well, they were injecting them with shit too, like to keep them calm for transporting. It's like I don't trust some person out of bumblefuck you gotta really Oklahoma to yeah the, the Joe Exotic's just like yeah give him uh, three cc's of this it's like how do you know like what what training wasn't that a question in in your uh, freshman chemistry yes, class uh, we had a question where we got this huge organic compound to look at which was mayotoxin and the question one of the questions there were a lot of questions associated with the drawing was if the lethal dose of mayotaxin is X number of uh, milligrams per kilogram, how much would it take to kill a T-Rex of this weight? And I was like, what the fuck kind of question? Are you running Jurassic Park in your backyard? <laughs> Why do you need me to tell you this? 
So that was widely considered a bullshit question by yes. all the students. Uh, and that is essentially the same uh, wheelhouse of questions that they had to do every time they wanted to train yeah. an animal. Like that's the kind of stuff you have to figure out. And if I, a, you know, fairly like almost an honor grad of a top 50 ranked material science program struggled with that sort of question. What does a man with a high school education from Oklahoma think of a question like that? <laughs> yeah. well, he's got experience. Does yeah, he? Did he study ex- under a vet? <laughs> real world experience of just doing it over and over trial and error. <laughs> Which side do you want to err on on that? Is that do you want to overdose and kill your fucking tiger, or do you want to underdose and have it start to like wake I, up and I come think at you? That I would rather err on the side of underdosing personally, because I don't want to kill the fucking thing. And you know, if you're quick about it, you should be okay. It'll at least it won't be as fast. Like it won't be able to like get you with like tiger like cat like reflexes. It'll be a more even playing field. <laughs> There's so many funny clips from this, like the like the chimpanzee clip, where they're like, "You want to go inside there with the? Would you, would you go inside there with the chimps?" And it's like, "Hell no!" It's like, "No, kill me." <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just around five tigers, just petting them all. Chimps kind of creep me out a little bit. It's an uncanny valley thing. Because they're so eerily close to humans, but so creepily far from them that yeah. it's, like, really unsettling to watch them. Because, you know, they're, we're all primates. They're yeah. they're just not quite as high a primate. And they, like, they interact and stuff like humans, and they have a lot of human characteristics. But you look at them, and you're like, that's not a human. Why is it behaving like that? <laughs> yeah, it's like whenever I have to go to, like, Alabama oh. for, like, a, like a, like for work trips, and I just look at the people around there. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you're the- nice, yeah, Jake. See what I did there? Nice. I have been to Alabama once. For space camp in Huntsville, Alabama, which has the highest concentration of PhD capita per capita in the entire world, because all that's there is the fucking space camp and like testing facility. Uh, but there is a kiosk in one of the main buildings at the space camp with nearby attractions. And would any of you like to guess what the closest nearby attraction was? What it was and how far away it was? Would any of you like to guess? You told me once upon a time, but I have since forgotten. I have no idea. Because it was not memorable. (laughs) I think it's kind of memorable. It stuck with me. It was a coon hound cemetery, like the dog, (laughs) um, and it was 37 miles away. Coon hound cemetery. (laughs) Famous coon hounds. That is it in the entire city. There's the space camp (laughs) and the coon hound cemetery. 37 miles between the two of them. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something Alabama would have. Um, so, uh, damn, who, who else are we talking about? In this? So, talk about the government role. Well, well, before we move off of chimpanzees, I just want to mention that one part where he's like, did I, did I accidentally just separate these chimpanzees for 10 years and deprive them of the social contact that they so... Like readily needed. 
Yeah. He's, yep. He had this like this, <laughs> he like, had revelation, this reflective yeah. revelation at the end of his journey where he's just like, I these guys are brothers. Like I I fucking screw them over so hard for their mm-hmm. entire life. I think at the end he was pretty remorseful of you know yeah. how everything went down. Uh they went into think- his political campaigns where he ran for president oh, yeah. and then governor. Uh, he actually won 19% of the vote in Oklahoma for governor, which is a scathing indictment of the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> God damn it. Dude, listen to that one guy, talk. his uh, campaign manager, talk about like being his campaign manager was just hysterical every single like time. He didn't know anything about politics. I've, his platform became my platform. <laughs> It's just I feel like that's a life of like a good forty percent of libertarian uh, campaign. I'm a managers. libertarian. I don't like the feds. It's just like fuck the feds. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, libertarian. So, yeah. The libertarian party is not quite what it was. They're as free as yeah. their ideals. Yeah, exactly. They're free as their blue jeans. They are uh, an interesting bunch that. Uh, kind of contort the philosophy of libertarianism to to be what they want it to be. Um. So yeah. So uh. they go into his you know stuff, and and he was so when he was using, I think he was using the um, he was embezzling from the zoo. He was yeah. embezzling his zoo profits for uh, you know campaign uh, contributions and stuff like that. So and buying condoms uh, with his face up. Yeah. So there was. There was a time, and, and I think the the biggest setback was when he put the name under Jeff Lowe's name, or the, the zoo's name under Jeff Jeff Lowe's name. Uh, yeah. Oh, let's not let's not forget mm-hmm. that he he screwed over his parents too. He like made his mom write out a bunch of loans and like gave him her entire like life savings. Uh, yeah, to well, get himself out of so many screwed up situations well it was basically one continuous screwed up situation where it was the lawsuit that big cat rescue levied against them for you know his harassment of carol baskins and uh copyright infringement because to get he did not help himself with that with the whole fucking big cat no stuff he i mean he was that's what got him in trouble because that was like the one tenable thing they could move on with legal action. Yeah. And they just did not give up the lawsuit. They transfer it to, he transferred from his holding to his husband's holding to his other husband's holding and then back to him. And they figured if they just ping ponged ownership, they'd drop the lawsuit eventually because it'd be too much work. But nope, her lawyers were quite vicious. Yeah. And she had the money to back it up too. Because, and but I guess this is, is where we should talk about. Uh, how Carol came into her money. Don Lewis? Yeah. Don, Don Lewis was her husband first, and I think that's where she started getting um, her love of tigers from them. Like, Carol Bassin's upbringing is kind of like kind of sad. I think she had a, a lot of misgivings when she was young. Yeah. Um, from, as, as a young kid, and then uh, her, like, parents disowned her because she was raped, allegedly raped by a neighbor and then uh she was just walking along the streets and then don lewis came along and picked her up and said i'll i'll save you if you hold this gun on me (laughs) oh yeah that was 
<laughs> That's right. It's like if it make you feel safer, I'll let you hold this gun on me. Um, like so, what kind of fucking idiot would do that? <laughs> I don't know. Let's Forget her feeling stranger. safe. You don't know who this stranger is. They'll just shoot you at the first chance and then take uh-huh. all your shit. Yeah. So, so she ended up falling in love with Don Lewis. Um, he obviously had to divorce his wife of like. 20 years or whatever that he had this whole Family whole life with, with. Yeah. and and he had like three kids was it two two or three kids with her and left her for this carol baskins down in tampa florida this bitch carol baskins down in tampa florida and he was he was a big uh a big big cat guy he was he's big into the big cats <laughs> i don't know <laughs> and exotic animals too i think as well um so he made this uh he started this preserve, and he actually, they they were doing like cub petting and breeding and stuff like that. And he would go down to Cuba all the was it Cuba or Costa Rica? I forgot. Costa, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah, so he'd go down to Costa Rica all the time, and he would bring back some some cats and stuff like that. So, and, uh, any more exotic animals uh, that he could find? He was worth a lot of money. Uh, estimates from everyone in the documentary ranged from five to twenty million dollars. Yeah. It, it was really unclear. I think the best estimate is probably right in the middle. Uh, I, think, I think it's a lawyer. Somebody said seven to eight million dollars is yeah. what he was probably worth. But that's still a lot. Of he money. was a he was a type of person who would hide money too. So I think even from those people, there was probably a lot of money that he would literally bury and just yeah, hide. Like and bury gold so. bars. Uh, so uh, things start to go sour in the marriage. They they don't seem to to care for each other too much anymore and then uh he up and disappears but not before changing the language of his last will and testament to in the event of my death or disappearance which is kind of an interesting thing to put in your fucking will yeah (laughs) uh all his assets and stuff would be transferred to carol baskins um now i don't know for sure if carol baskins killed her husband i you know, I do believe in innocent until proven guilty, but I will say this. That was not a thorough investigation done by the local no. authorities at all. And I think uh, that's a good enough uh, segue as any into uh, all the fucking fallout of this documentary. Yeah. You know, it's it'll be interesting. To, it's interesting to think about how this will affect everyone uh, in you know who is featured in it, and the first thing was they actually said that they were going to reopen the investigation. Yeah. There's not a whole lot that can be done at this point, um, you know, short of her confession. Uh, I don't think any DNA evidence is going to have survived for that long, um, especially if they were eaten by a tiger. Yeah, but uh, certainly, hopefully, in cross contamination, con- not cross contamination, in cross examination, they will be able to find at least a hole in her story that they can hopefully leverage into a, a conviction. Also, they made clear at the end of the documentary that this is the federal investigation is far from over, and they're gearing up to make a run at Jeff Lowe oh. and all these other people. They're still squeezing. They raided, raided Doc, Doc Antel property, which is really interesting because. One of the biggest, I think one of the biggest uh, claims against Doc Antle was uh, that he was uh, euthanizing, uh, euthanizing tigers tiger. in a gas chamber. Which in a is gas chamber, fucking but barbaric. like euthanizing them when they were like, like yeah. three years old. As soon as when, they weren't cubs. So, 
Yeah, whenever they got out of that cub petting period when they were too big to to you know profit off of, he would euthanize them. And I'm sure he kept a few around because he had to you know come up with. I mean, some he has kind of breeding. You need breeding them. He has quite a few tigers still, but yeah, whether yeah. or not they were buying them or whatever. Yeah, it, none of these people are good, and I hope they all face justice. Um, yeah, so Doc Antle's place was raided. The, the cult leader who's got literally they, they talked to a, a previous um, uh, uh, employee there who was one of that's Doc's a very generous uh, term I, for I don't know, employees, girlfriends, wives, whatever. Weinstein esque yeah, sex yeah. slaves. They told her the, like, the best way to move up in this company to move up in the ranks of his hierarchy was to sleep with Doc Andel. Because they said, like, that was, like, how you reach Nirvana, his, like, sleeping with this guy, which is fucking baffling. I, I, I don't get it. It's classic, it's classic. Yeah. classic yeah. sex yeah, cult. Classic sex cult, and it's ridiculous. He's got houses for each of his wives, too, and it's, it's ridiculous. Um, like we said, I think the biggest thing is that the most sane person in this docuseries was the guy that Scarface was based off of. Like the most relatable, <laughs> like least creepy guy was the guy who went to prison because his fucking hitmen killed and cut off killed a person that. on his property. Casually talks about, it was an FBI agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was an FBI. He casually talks about the, uh, you know, dismembering and murder of FBI agent. What am I going to say? I didn't kill like, him. I didn't take dude. the circular saw to his neck, and it's like, dude. <laughs> and he's just casually talking about it. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah. And here's where I would like to play one game here, and that is how would each of the exotic animal owners kill you? And how? so how would they do it? I So my pick first, Joe Exotic. He'd get really, he'd get really, he'd get riled up. He'd get some shit on him and he'd just, in a flash of heat, he would wait, he'd come out with his shotgun and be like, you trying to get me? And he'd, and he'd bust yeah, you in the face. Um, and then, then he'd come down and be like, what the fuck did I just do? Uh, Doc Antle, you would say one wrong thing. He'd give you one chance to correct yourself. He's like, excuse me? And you'd say it again and then he'd snap. He'd kill you in cold blood. I think he would and, poison uh, you. Then he'd dispose of you in the crematory. Poison or yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Um, Carol, I think would you a tiger? She'd be. I don't know. Seems to be her mo. Or she, she, she have the gun. She'd be a little scared because she probably doesn't have a lot of firearms experience. She'd be like ah ah, and then she'd do what her gun instructor told her to, and pop you right between the eyes or center a mass, as it were. Um, and she'd be like, I was just defending myself. That was it. And then cartel guy would, you know, he'd do that thing. You know, he just fucking however, he wouldn't even give a shit. He's just like, all right, you're going to disappear now. Bloop. And um, and then there's the other guy. There's a uh, who's the guy who oh, had the monkey down his shirt all the time. Um, wasn't he from Ohio or some of that or some of that? I forgot what yeah. the name of his place was. Yeah. I forgot what his name was. But he was the guy who was working with Jeff animals in need. Yeah. Yeah. He and Jeff Lowe would roll up in a posse yeah. with their ARs at, to your trailer at night and or just gun you down from outside. Face. Alan to kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, God, Alan. Um, 
That uh, good for him that he fucking chickened out when he realized like the value of I taking think, a human I, life. No, I think he just spent the money and on. Was, and he was also amped up on yeah. fucking cocaine. Yeah, that's, cocaine and alcohol. He's like, well, that's one thing we didn't talk. I'm about. getting coke money. Also, I don't want to kill a person. Go back. That's to one prison. thing we didn't talk about is like the downfall, like the final downfall of Joe Exotic, where. Um, Joe was charged with hiring um, murder a for hire. hit on yeah. murder for hire for Carol Baskins, and uh, the story goes right now that the FBI collected was that um, Joe Exotic got Jeff Lowe's guy, what is his name, Alan, Alan, Alan something, something or another, yeah, uh, to drive down to uh, Tampa, Florida, and kill her. Um, but you know, there's phone calls and there's proof of him chickening and chickening out and not chickening out but like coming to his senses that like 30 grand wasn't enough to to kill her and 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 all this stuff it was a whole myriad of of reasons why he decided to opt out but he never went down to florida um but the fbi got him to say uh and testify that he went to florida to kill her but ended up not because it wasn't enough money or something like that. he went to a was, strip club instead yeah and um and yeah, so there's it's it's a pretty thin case against Alan Joe Glover. Exotic. Alan name. Glover, okay. Yeah, that's why there's a pretty thin case against Joe Exotic. Um, and they had to, but what what happened was the charge of that I think was able to open up the investigation into his whole um, operation, yeah. which they compiled 19 other charges of like they were mostly animal, animal cruelty. Abuse. And the feds are going to get yeah. their guy. They, they got they Al Capone on tax like, evasion. None of the other shit that he did. Yeah. So, you know. Yep. Yeah, Joe's probably right if they had just brought the murder for hire charges, especially because his testimony really, like, could have created reasonable doubt. I think the thing that sunk him, and if he hadn't made all those videos talking about how much he wanted yeah. Carol Baskin's dead... I think he'd be a free man right now because that testimony, yeah. if I were a juror, I'd say, you know what? That's reasonable doubt. <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely reasonable doubt. I think there was reasonable mm-hmm. doubt in just the fact that uh, Joe didn't control the guy. I mean, there was there was testimony that, uh, you know, if Jeff Lowe was brought to the stand, he would say um, they'd probably ask him if, if Joe had any control over Alan, and he didn't Yeah, because – one of the first things he said to him was like, this is my guy. He listens to me, not you. Or he works for me. He doesn't work for you. Yeah, he likely would have perjured himself uh, at best. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that was crazy. If you have not seen Tiger King, check it out because it is just yeah. fucking crazy. It's not that long. Sends it through sends it through so many different emotions too because there was also stuff with like the husband killing himself as well oh yeah when travis killed himself i think that's kind of where joe really started to go downhill like i said it's a rabbit hole kind of documentary lots of little tidbits for you to just be like man just just to grab onto and you jump from one to the next Uh, take some time and explore the series um especially if the content doesn't necessarily interest you that much. Um, no, no, I, if it's not interesting to you, I, you don't have yeah. to binge through it. I didn't, I, I ran through it cause we were doing it this week, 
but I probably would have taken my sweet fucking yeah, time. Yeah, I watched the first thing. episode and I was kind of I, they they hooked me. I was quite interested in it. Like in a vacuum, I wouldn't necessarily be interested in in this sort of thing, but I think they presented it in a way that was interesting and compelling. Uh, and you'll get to be in on, yeah, the, on the zeitgeist. Uh, so if you have Netflix, like. What else are you going to do right now? <laughs> Might as well yeah, watch right? Tiger King. <laughs> this really mm-hmm. this really couldn't have come out at like the most opportune time. Yeah. That's probably why it's such a big thing. Like I think if Honestly. people were working, they it it would be like, you know, it'd create some buzz. It'd be like, "Whoa, man, you seen this Tiger King thing?" But it wouldn't be or it'd like Or be at least slow because like this blew up overnight seemingly. Yeah. Yep. And uh all these people in this documentary have about a couple months or however long, probably longer if this thing lasts longer to uh, restructure themselves in such a way as to get some distance between them and the general public. Because if the GW zoo opens up again and it's those guys running it, they're going to get fucking harassed. They're they're already going to get harassed. People are going to be there all big cat rescue, you know, big cat rescue. You can see them on Facebook and on YouTube. So I'm sure they're getting, a lot of fucking uh, yeah. hits right now, and like if you're Carol Baskin, you gotta be, you gotta do something so that people aren't coming up to you and visitors and be like, "Oh, it's so nice, that's great." How do you explain the disappearance sure of your she's husband? Hit with that, but for every bit of that she's getting hit with, donations are coming in from people who think that she's just being harassed. It's the Anita mm-hmm. Sarkeesian thing. She was almost sad talking about Joe Exotic going to prison because she knew that she wouldn't have that villain anymore and the donations were slow um so like the best thing mm-hmm. you can do to to combat carol baskins is like don't give her supporters fuel to donate <laughs> let the authorities handle it it's also really interesting the let um, the crab let the crab bucket crumble and get these yeah. cats out of here yes we yeah actually the um the the daughters of don lewis uh like came out on TikTok too, and they were like oh, saying this, this documentary has, well, like they're just any social yeah, media. Yeah, no, I get it. It's just it's just um, hilarious to hear. The one I like saw this. was on TikTok where she came out and she was like, "This has been like a real godsend to us because they were afraid for so long to confront Carol Baskins, and and now this has kind of given them like uh, maybe a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, if not getting carol baskins they just want closure on what happened yes to their exactly they deserve closure and I think that's what bothers them the most yeah so tiger king definitely worth a watch if you've got nothing else going on right now it's like what seven episodes about an hour each yeah. so not too bad chop it up watch a couple episodes yeah. here watch a couple episodes there you know before you know it, you'll be done with the whole thing. I watched this thing in like the course of two days because I just got hooked. Um, Same. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a little longer, but I, yeah. All right, so right be sure it. to swing by the stream tonight. We will be finishing the second DLC, Guns, Love, and Tentacles. We would have finished last week probably, but uh, Peter was a swilly boy, but he's looking... I'm looking much better. I was fucking on the brink of <laughs> he's, passing out. He's looking quite the well these days. I'm also free of my my scars. Uh so we'll be we'll all be healed up hundred percent ready to take that down. Uh if that doesn't take the whole time, 
Uh, we'll maybe bust out Tabletop Simulator or maybe Magic the Gathering Online. Yeah. We will see what goes on, but uh, at least Borderlands DLC 2 will continue tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, check out Central Florida Film Review. Um, support them. Support us by supporting them, and uh, you can also donate to us. Uh, we have a donation link in the description of every episode. I haven't plugged that a lot because I know these are hard times. Uh, we're okay. So, like, if you have if you have the choices between putting food on your table and donating to Saturn Studs, put food on your goddamn table. Uh, but Put food, put, put food on us. <laughs> Deliver it. I will smear yes, it all over I my will, naked body. Yeah, we'll, That's uh, our we'll only fans. Our addresses That's our and, only. Uh, you can just DoorDash it to us. Yeah. P.O. Box. Um, all right. Yeah. But uh, until next, until episode 206, be well, stay safe, stay indoors. Uh, the, the better we are about staying indoors and social distancing, the quicker we can get back to normal. Mm-hmm. So uh, until then, you know, Take care of yourselves, and we'll party like it's 1995 from a safe distance. (laughs) Bye-bye. Peace.